Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. So welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast. This is Mike and today we are continuing our encounter series looking at power, the power of the Holy Spirit. One of our values is King's Church is value E, which is empowered by the Holy Spirit. What this means is that we expect to, and we do, see the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, at work in us and through us. That's important for our daily lives, but also we see occasions, encounters, when the Holy Spirit moves powerfully and the Kingdom of God breaks into our world through miracles, signs and wonders. Jesus' whole ministry, the time he spent on earth as fully God and fully human, was filled with these power encounters. All four Gospels are packed with them. And right before his ascension, in the first chapter of Acts, he makes this promise. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are promised the power of the Holy Spirit. Ten days later, that promise is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. The disciples of Jesus are all gathered together when Acts 2 tells us suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Let me just have a little moment of theological nerdiness here, if I may, because you may already know this, but the word used for spirit here, uh, it's the same root word used for both wind and breath. That's the same in both Hebrew and in Greek. Ruach in Hebrew, pneuma in Greek. The same word for spirit is the same word for wind and breath. What an incredible statement of who the Holy Spirit is. And what he does in those moments of encounter, the gentle breath of someone close by and comforting. Indeed, the word in John's gospel used for the spirit is paraclete, which can mean comforter. Or the rushing, powerful wind that moves with an awesome force. When we talk about being empowered by the Holy Spirit and encountering the Holy Spirit, this is what it means. And for the church, this is where it begins with this incredible encounter for the disciples they're filled with the power of the holy spirit and they immediately head out there's a crowd gathered and peter speaks to them now before we get into what peter says and what happens next bear in mind that this is a matter of mere weeks since peter denied even knowing jesus much less being his disciple three times now here he is in the same city likely talking to members of the same crowd that called for jesus to be crucified who are now laughing at him because they think he's drunk. And he's boldly, openly proclaiming Jesus is the Messiah. It's an incredible demonstration of what the compassionate, restorative love of Jesus Christ and the empowering of the Holy Spirit does. So Peter stands before the crowd and he explains all about Jesus, who he was, what he's done. And the crowd are struck by the word and ask him, what, what do we do? This is how Peter responds. Repent and be baptised, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. 
Now, those there are those out there who deny that the Holy Spirit is active and at work through us today. Some of them sound very convincing, but just, just listen to what Peter says in his speech here. This promise is for you. That's the crowd in front of Peter and your children. Just another dip into Greek. The word here is technon, meaning descendants, counting, as in genera- as in generations, continuing on for generations. And for all who are far off, all, everyone, no matter their geographic location. Remember, Jesus tasked the disciples to bear witness to the ends of the earth. And everyone who the Lord our God will call. The promise that Jesus makes of being empowered by the Holy Spirit is first fulfilled on the day of Pentecost and continues to be offered and filled to everyone who follows Jesus, including us today. As the story of the early church in Acts carries on after the day of Pentecost, we see examples of the power of the Holy Spirit at work through the disciples, through the through the early church. Uh, I'm going to pick one example here from, from Acts 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he saw he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Peter then goes on to explain about Jesus. Again, this is incredibly bold of him to do this in the temple, which is run by the the same people who agitated to have Jesus crucified. It's an incredible moment where the kingdom of God breaks into the world through the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that's for us as followers of Jesus today. Two things I, I want to think about from this story. Firstly, what I love about this is when Peter says, silver or gold I do not have. How easy is it for us to look at the world, at our situations and the people around us and go, I've got nothing to offer here, sorry. There's a lot we can't do at the moment, isn't there? The 2020 version of silver and gold I do not have might be seven or more I cannot have. We can't ignore the fact that life is unusually restricted at the moment. But Peter doesn't focus on what he can't offer, what he can't do, but on what he can I wonder would this story have been any different if Peter hadn't forgotten his wallet that day. So I think we can find ourselves in situations like this and our response is silver or gold I've I've got a bit of, here here you go. This guy had been handed money like that all his life. Peter could have just done that and it would have made a bit of a difference. In fact, further on in that chapter in Acts, we're told that the believers are all together and they share everything they sell everything they have for the poor so peter if he wanted to could have gone and got some money come back giving it to him and it it might have made a bit of a difference 
you know, he might have been able to buy some food for the day or some shelter for that night. A bit of a difference could have been made. But the power of the Holy Spirit changed everything. There's nothing wrong with giving and generosity, but anyone can do that. If that's all we ever do, then we miss the opportunity for the kingdom of God and for the Holy Spirit to move in power. We, we could miss those opportunities. John Wimber, who is a remarkable church leader from the last century, famously talks about being able to remove the power of the Holy Spirit from the church, from our lives. 95% of what we do as followers of Jesus wouldn't change. The books would still get read, the songs would still get sung, the food would still get distributed. And we might have a little bit of an impact, but we might not even notice. But here's my question. Why would we want to do that? Why would we want anything less than absolutely everything that the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine through his power at work in us has to offer? Don't answer that. Because the answer is that we, we simply weren't meant to. See, when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, he immediately tasks the disciples to be his witnesses the holy spirit is promised and there's a task given at the same time we can look at the world and its problems and we can shrink back because we don't think we haven't got anything to offer we haven't got the, the silver or gold to hand or we can look at the world and we can give it what we have got to see the kingdom of god breaking because don't you think the world needs that I mean, it has always needed it, but now more than ever, don't you think the kingdom of God of peace and justice and of hope is needed in the world? Let's live out the value of being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Look at the world and say, what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The other thing that I think is interesting about the story is that the beggar won't look at Peter and John. Maybe it's because he's not expecting anything. Maybe it's because he's been there every day for years and no one, even the ones that give money, look at him. This is outside the temple, remember. The, the people around him, these are religious people, the great and good of the day that are passing by this poor man. And he's so overlooked by them, he can't even meet them in the eye. Maybe he doesn't look at them because at that particular moment, they simply blend in with the rest of the world. Peter and John aren't worth his attention because they're just like the others. Indistinct, nothing really to offer him. I wonder, how does this troubled world look at the church? Do we blend in? Or do we stand out as the empowered people of God we read about in Acts? We read in Acts that after this incident at the beautiful gate, which earns Peter and John a flogging, by the time we arrive in, in chapter 5, the followers of Jesus are no longer blending in. This guy was probably the last person to almost overlook John and Peter in Jerusalem. They are committed to meeting together, prayerfully serving one another and the people around them. And in Acts 15 and 16, it, it tells us this. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and the tormented by impure spirits and all of them were healed. It's quite a step up from not even being looked at as they pass by. The church, we, aren't empowered by the Holy Spirit to just be another group. We aren't empowered by the Holy Spirit just so we can have great meetings. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry on the work of Jesus 
to see the kingdom of God breaking into this world. Audiences don't need empowering. Armies do. So I want to suggest that we need to be about two things. We need to be about presence and we need to be about purpose. I'm going to quote John Wimber again. And he says this, we don't seek God's power. We seek his presence. His power and everything else we need is found in his presence. Don't seek God for his power. Seek his presence. Before the days of Pentecost, the disciples spent 10 days together constantly in prayer. Acts 1.14 tells us. If you want to be in the presence of God, then pray. Read the word, worship too. Do it alone, do it together, whenever, wherever. Seek the presence of God. I love the words of an old hymn uh, that I won't spoil by singing. And it's just it's just such good advice in a sense for seeking his presence. Just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Seek his presence. Be about his purpose too. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and immediately tasks us with it. You will be my witnesses. When the Spirit comes at Pentecost, the disciples go. They go straight out the door, empowered to share the good news of Jesus, to see the kingdom of God break in. I love the interview we saw a few weeks ago on Kings Anywhere with Rachel Addison and about how incredibly the Holy Spirit moved so powerfully when she was willing to share her faith, to be a witness. You know, being a witness to the ends of the earth is an extraordinary task that we're given, isn't it? But in the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we are provided with an even more extraordinary need to do it. So, let's not shrink back from the problems of the world. Let's not only go out there in our own strength and with our own resources and, and fade into obscurity. Instead, let's seek his presence. Let's be about his purpose. Let's head out to the world empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are promised it. By Jesus and let's see the kingdom of God break in. I want to finish by praying and what I want to do is uh, you know wherever you're you're at with this whether you're not a follower of Jesus yet then do you know what now is a really good time to become a follower of Jesus and if you want to know more about that then, then get in touch with us and we'll, we'll talk you through it we'll pray with you yeah just just get in touch because really there, there is nothing better than knowing Jesus and we're promised the power of the Holy Spirit when we follow Jesus. Whether you are a follower of Jesus and you don't know what this, this power that I've been talking about is all about, but you want to, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for us now. And whether you're a follower of Jesus and you know exactly what I'm talking about and you just want to see more about it, we're gonna pray. And what I want to do is I want to pray the words of uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians over us to finish. So this is from chapter three from verse uh, sixteen. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. 
and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To find out more about King's Church Warrington, visit our website or find us on Facebook and Instagram.